<clears throat> now we're gonna test the microphones. So, so how awesome would it have been in the remake of the Little Mermaid if instead of uh, like Ursula, if it would have been Llewellyn Moss's landlord as Ursula? <laughs> what if Triton had that haircut? And, yeah, and then because can you can can you see the scene where she's like, w w where does she walk? <laughs> did, Triton, did you not hear me? <laughs> I can't give no information on my client. <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. Speed test, speed test, speed, speed test. test, speed test. Sprawl. <laughs> it's like I made a musical. <laughs> speed test, speed test, speed sprawl. Test. sprawl. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is Ryan, John, and I'm Glenn. Hi, gentlemen. Hey, what's, what's up, up with you guys? Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, buddy. You know, same old, same old. Uh, I did a 5K over the week. I saw I that. I saw that. Yeah. I, Ryan, I went over the bridge. Over the Huey Long Bridge. Through the woods? Yeah. Your grandmother's house? Oh, it was the Huey Long yeah, Bridge? Yeah, it was the Huey Long. It started on the uh, West Bank, ended on the East Bank. I don't know why I thought it was the GNO. That, that one was a few weeks ago. I oh, okay. The pictures made me think totally. I didn't see. I, I really didn't. I just saw he. I, I could You've done that one before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, try, I try to do that one every year. Yeah, like see, that. I, I thought that was the one that you were doing. Yeah, it's the yeah, Huey Long. It's fun. My, my goal, you know, is well, I try to do it in. Under an hour, and I did 51 minutes, so nice, it was good. Nice, good job. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Nice. That, that makes me happy to see you oh, back doing that. Like, seriously. Yeah, jambalaya and beer at the end, so. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, so it was My fun. My goal yeah. would just be to survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had plenty of that. <laughs> at, the, at the end, did you smell like bologna for some reason? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> no it, it was fun. It was, it, was, it was, you know, good weather. It was good, good. I love the view up there, too. You get to, get to walk over the. Over the bridge. Yeah, we the few times we uh we rode in parades going over the bridge on the float was a really good view. Yeah, it was a cool view of the river. So that was fun. And then what else we had? We had we did some Gretna stuff that day. They had a pumpkin patch that we yep. brought the girls to. Nice. The um, citywide garage sale. Yeah, it was like a pumpkin patch, and they had all kind of games. And it was I'm just trying to in the order that we walked. Yeah. It was like then it was like some craft area where people yeah. were selling their their arts and crafts. And then it was like the citywide garage sale. And then Oktoberfest. Was that the, at the, was at the old German And then, and then the farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah, it was all in Huey P. Longer. Yeah. Gretna was hopping. And then we let the girls play in the little playground. So yeah. Yeah. it was a fun little Saturday. Hmm. We didn't make it to Home Depot. But... <laughs> well, just don't have enough time sometimes. Yeah, you don't have enough time. And I'm, I made sure, I don't know about Glenn, but I made sure uh, I went home and took a nap for a little while because we did go see Kills of the Farmer in that night. How long is it? Three and a half hours. Ah, but go. with the trailers and everything. We were in the theater for over four hours. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, unlike Greg, John actually invited me. Because um, Greg doesn't invite me to shit. So, uh, That's yeah. a blatant fucking lie. I mean, I still haven't had Gus's fried chicken. I offered to bring... <laughs> no, you remember after we had Gus's fried chicken, I asked him and he's like, No, you didn't invite me to the other time. Glenn, we'll go have Gus's fried chicken. I really don't think I sounded like that. You did. You sounded just like that. But anyway, uh, when, when, bastard. when John had uh, asked me, I, when I saw the runtime, I told him, I said, Dude, y'all aren't going to get home till midnight. Yeah. It was after midnight. That's correct. That is insane. It was like, what, was it 12.15-ish when we left the theater? God yeah. almighty, that, that's just crazy. Like I respect, I, well, I guess we'll talk about it. When we yeah, get we'll there. talk. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, that's a long fucking movie. We'll get there. I uh, I, I injured my knee on Friday. Uh, oh, no. Well, actually, probably Thursday night. I was putting something together, and what were you putting together? A little shelf for the bathroom. A little shelf. Huh? Yeah, it's like a little riser that you can put stuff on All while right. you're continue. Like, 
Okay. I just wanted a picture of what you were working on. I'm actually a fucking picture. Of no, it. I just wanted to get it in my head. <clears throat> but I was like screwing stuff in, and I think I just was. Was it, was on it my like knee. an like the little um, Allen wrench thing? No, it, it was a small uh, screwdriver. Oh, okay. To, it's it's a simple like. Those process. little Allen wrenches they drive me crazy. Yeah. I got a little like screwdriver gun, and I got a set of the Allen wrench bits that you can put on there, so you can just. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, that is so, really awesome. But anyway, can, got, continue. Yeah. So you're putting together your little, little thing. Little and I, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I slept, then I put my knee was just really my right knee was really tight, and I couldn't really stand on it for very long. So I wound up not going to work that day. Uh, but wait, uh, so you don't really know what you did to it exactly? It, it it's happened before. I think I just was kneeling on it. And I had I was kneeling on this one versus both. If it's happened before, you may need to go get your knee looked at. I mean, probably. No. Thanks for the for the advice. I mean, <laughs> um, really while this is happening, though, uh, you know, we, we my wife had a scare because friends at work are talking about uh, homeowners insurance and all this kind of stuff. And then while I'm sitting there in my my living room, I'm like, man, it's kind of hot in here. And I look at the thermostat, and I'm like, it is 84 degrees in here. This is weird. And then I go outside, and my air condition has broken. Oh, no. That so, is, in southern Louisiana, that's no joke. No. Yeah, um, hopefully it will be fit. Do, do you have an air conditioning guy? We do. Okay. Uh, my friend Justin, uh, who was going to stand in the wedding, he uh, he actually is, is an air conditioned. Okay. No, because Sandra's cousin owns a just got that house. Well, no, it, it. I mean, honestly, it. I think I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen sooner. With everyone's, everyone I know, their air conditions oh, have been yeah. breaking over the summer. The, yeah, they're not used to being used to. Like... Yeah, it's it's apparently the fan motor, but Justin uh, wound up finding one, and he's like, uh, they're gonna they're gonna put it in tonight. Was so he he had uh, a thing he couldn't make it, so we're gonna come go tomorrow and so uh, you've just, get it done. Have y'all just been hanging out in the hot house? Or um, we have a window unit that the lady had in there before, so we've been using that to oh, kind of cool that, the living okay. room off. And I have this this tiny fan, which I don't I – I'll have to send you the brand for it. I got it at Walmart. But it's just really – it's it's a powerful, tiny fan that I usually keep in my office because there's no vent in there. And, uh, man, I put that in the bedroom. It is cool. Oh, good. <clears throat> so, yeah, we've been kind of making do. The good thing is we don't have uh, the lad this weekend – until this weekend, so – It'll be fixed by then. I got another extra window unit that's like on a shelf at my parents' house that I use. Uh, like hurricane season, the power goes out. So if you want to borrow it, you I'll can. let you know if we need, when I'm needing it. I think it should be done tomorrow, but we'll see. I'm sure everybody in the podcast is enjoying this conversation. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Home ownership, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryan, did you do anything? Did you, uh, besides not see Kills of the Flower Moon? Not really, man. I took it easy. Just, you know. Yeah. Do you see any good football games? Trying to think of <coughs> nothing. No, not lately. No, I mean <laughs> the college games were kind of all predictable. And that LSU was an Army game. That was close. So. I don't. I don't like beating the shit out of service academies. I, I respect know. them. I know. Like they kept talking about all the different things they were doing to respect Army, to show honor the Army, and then they came out and beat them like six, sixty-two to nothing. To nothing. Yeah. And, and I like the camouflage end zones. I yeah. you couldn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well played. Um, so let's just dive into uh, uh, television. We have some things that we've watched. Um, you guys kind of rave about this, but but Pressure Luck is back. Man, it's so good. Oh, you don't know good. what you're missing. This is the 40th anniversary of oh, pressure, pressure Luck? Yeah, I guess. But and, I mean, it was gone for a long time. I think it's been on for 40 straight years. Right. But uh, it's back, and it's so good. Elizabeth Banks is amazing. She is great. Um, but yeah, it's... It's a fun show, and I guess the new thing this year is, and one of the prizes, it's just called 40, and it's 40 of something. Yeah, no one's gotten it yet. There's only been two episodes, but... um, If you could have 40 of something, what would it be? Million dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. 
yeah. Forty of million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Forty million dollars is what I want. That's that. Well, well, there you go. I don't know if the good people at NBC would give you. They might do like forty one hundred dollar bills. Well, Greg asked me, so yeah, I, no, I did. Me. What about you, Glenjamin? Um, I don't. Now, this is off uh, the millions is off the, the table. The millions now, is so. off the table, so I can't do the forty million. No, it's already been taken. Um, or like okay. Um, well, geez, I don't, I don't know forty, because you can't really say like Camaros, because where would you put it? And Jay Leno would know. Yeah, I know, right? I got a yeah. I don't know. Forty, <laughs> 40 uh, bitcoins. I don't know. <laughs> well, well played. <laughs> I mean, knowing pressure luck, it's probably like forty, you know, can forty sprite cases of sprite. Yeah, 40, they always do 40, weird things like yeah. corn for life, forty huh. jet skis or some shit. Owen Wilson would like that. Yeah, you know what I could do with jet with forty jet skis. I could sell them or run a business. <laughs> or run a business. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, check this show out. It's on, uh, I think it's NBC. <laughs> 40 Sides of Beef. <laughs> this has been your speed review of Pressure Luck. It's NBC. It's NBC. No, uh, is it? no, I'm sorry. It's ABC. All right. I think, yeah. Well, uh, I'm very curious about this. So uh, there was a show um, that involved tossed salads and scrambled eggs. What? Uh, yeah. It was on many years ago, and now there's a revival in 2023. Yes. Oh. Now you get it, Ryan? Yeah, I got That's you. the theme song. I got it. The toss out. They're calling again. I, I, and now I, he's calling again. I, uh, Thank you. <laughs> so we're talking about Frasier. Yep, it's back. Um, I, I almost put it on. Um, I think it was on Paramount. It's on Paramount Plus. And I was I, very worried when I put it. When I was so was I. I. I watched a little bit of like the I guess a trailer. The trailers were abysmal. Yeah, I did. I did not hit play after I watched them. Like, and and I and I've mentioned to other people that I thought the trailers looked horrific, as I think the word I used. Um, but all right. So growing up, I wasn't a big Frasier person. I was always a Wings guy, but I appreciated Frasier, and I never really. I mean. So, but my wife Sandra, she loves Frasier, so she, you know, she wanted to watch it, and I'm like, okay, well, let's give it a new, new chance. Neither of us could remember how the original one ended, yeah. so we made a little night of it. We watched the, um, the the series finale of the the original Frasier, and then we watched the first two episodes of the revival. And I will say, it's a lot better than the trailers made it look. Is it better than Night Court? Yes, by far. Yes. Thank yes, God. Yes, I, I was I was worried about that. Um, so. It's you know all these years later, and I think it's twenty years later. Um, and if you and again, I had no, we had to go back and remember how the original one ended. The original one ended with um, Fraser leaving Seattle to go and um, it, it kind of to make, Chicago. Right? Yeah, yeah, to live with uh, Laura Linney's character, as one does. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how how his character ended. Well, this one it takes place. It's twenty years later. And they, the, the Laura Lenning thing, they just kind of a throwaway line. He said, um, you know, after over 20 years, she just got tired of me. So that's how that relationship, I guess, kind of ended. The show starts with him returning to Boston because his, um, you know, his father has passed away. And he's escorting Niles and Daphne's son, who was just enrolled in Harvard. And Frazier kind of helped him get into Harvard. So he's bringing him there. And his son is a um, firefighter in Boston, and he and his son did not attend Martin's funeral, so he wants to go confront his son and find out why he didn't go to the funeral. That's kind of the setup. Um, when he gets there, um, 
His son is like a typical Boston firefighter. He's very salt of the earth. And him and Frazier don't really meld well together. And Frazier kind of wants to repair this relationship. So he takes a teaching job at Harvard. Um, and the show, the one thing that I didn't really consider, because those trailers were so terrible, that, the, um, I mean, the kind of fun thing about the original show, Frazier was this high-cultured person and his dad was his former police officer. And it was like their clash of styles. And they're kind of encompassing that with him and his son. His son's kind of the fill-in for, for Martin. And it's it's a charming little show so far. The first two episodes, they're funny. It's very old-fashioned. In fact, I think they film it in front of a live studio audience, which is unheard of now. Is there um, a replacement Eddie the Dog? No. Uh, so uh, Frazier's son um, kind of is rooming with a, a woman and her son. So there's some, like baby shenanigans in this one hmm. um and it's like Frazier's voice always puts the baby to sleep which is kind of a funny like the the you know mom that with no sleep for the past week is just like please dr Frazier, speak to my son and as soon as Frazier starts talking the kid falls asleep but um it's a it's a funny show so far like i said the first two episodes impressed me considering i was thinking the absolute worst Kelsey Grammer, he's always fun as this character. The one thing that I find interesting, and this isn't really a complaint, I just thought it was odd, that they set it in Boston, and there's no cheers. He's, like, drinking at this Harvard bar with equations it's and shit on the say, yeah. All right. Now, usually he drinks at this Harvard bar with, you know, all the Harvard professors. Does he like apples? And he, like, <laughs> there's some throwaway line about how when he went to Seattle, he liked to drink wine more, but there's something about Boston where he wants to drink beer and something about... Well, when I was in Boston before, I spent a little too much time at a certain bar. But then they never mentioned they never mentioned Cheers, and I was like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that they said it in Boston, and they, there's no mention of Cheers yet. I guess it's only been two episodes, but it's on Paramount Plus. If you like the old show, you'll probably like this one. Well, I mean, look, sometimes you want to go where everyone knows your name. Maybe he just doesn't want to go there. That maybe not those times. Yeah, or maybe Paramount Plus just could not afford to Danton. Um, there, there's a smudge on my, my screen here, but once upon a, what was the end Studio. Of the Studio, there we go. All right, this is, this isn't, all right, so this is a little eight-minute uh, short film that Disney put out on Disney+. Oh, Plus. I saw this. You saw it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's good. It's, it's a, really good. It's a, it's, it's only like I said, they, it's, um, if, if you're not aware, it's the 100th anniversary of the Disney Studio, which if you've seen any Disney logos, Disney 100 is kind of everywhere. Well, on the actual date, on the 100th day, they released this little 12-minute, well, no, it's nine, I'm sorry, it's a little nine-minute short film. And it's a, like a little celebration of Disney animation. I mean, the whole plot is when everyone leaves the studio, all the animated characters come to life, and they want to take a group photo. And it's very sweet, especially if you're a Disney fan. The one thing that I loved, and I had to kind of look to see how they did it, for the first time in many years, we get a brand new Robin Williams joke because mm-hmm. the genie appears on top, next to Olaf. I, they did an amazing job. Like they got every character. It was like five hundred and thirty-eight characters. And I don't know. How, I mean, it, they did it really, really well. Yeah, and the characters they paired up from like the different styles of animation. It kind of made sense. Yeah. Donald Duck with the sloth from Zootopia cracked me up, but. But yeah, the, the the genie thing, apparently what they did, they combed through the hundreds and hundreds of hours that they said they had of outtakes that Robin Williams did for the two Aladdin films that he appeared in. And they found one joke that fit the scene that they were animating, and they got the permission from his estate. And 
we get a new Robin Williams joke, which kind of teared me up a little. My sister was telling me something about the the, the scene. The Sherman Brothers? Is that the song? Yeah. So, yeah, famously, Walt Disney's favorite song of all of, of all time is Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins. And he had a piano in his office, and whenever he had a bad day, he would go grab one of the, the Sherman brothers were the two brothers that did all the music for Disneyland, and they did the Mary Poppins. In the movie, Saving Mr. Banks, there were Jason Schwartzman and B.J. Novak played them. Mm-hmm. There's one, one of the brothers is still alive, and apparently there's a scene in the little short where they, they show a portrait of Walt Disney, and you hear Feed the Birds playing, and it's the f- surviving Sherman brother playing it on the piano in Walt's office. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's sweet. Very good. You should check it out. It's on Disney Plus now, and it's really quick. So it's it's Felicity has watched it probably nine times. <laughs> she really liked it. No offense to Walt, but Feed the Birds is not even in the top three songs in that movie. That's an overrated film, in my opinion. It's no, I don't think agreed. It it's a very. It's probably the prettiest song. I Maybe. Mean. Well, that sounds very sentimental. Not irrational, like the irrational. Yeah, song. I saw this one too. So um, I was seeing a lot of ads for this. Um, and this is a new NBC show called The Irrational. It stars Jesse L. Martin. He was um, Joe West on The Flash. Oh, yeah. I did see the trailer. Yeah. Um, and I always liked him. I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah so I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, it's your pretty typical police procedural. Um, and I kind of was... I talked to John a little bit about this and uh, before we you know, we're started recording. Kind of the thing with police procedurals have been around since the beginning of TV. And kind of to do a successful one, you kind of need a very likable lead and maybe a different kind of spin on it. Like, because I know like House was kind of a procedural, and like they had like NYPD Blue and Hill Street Blues and all all the different ones. And this one's kind of interesting. Um, I kind of hope it makes it. It's a uh, um, Jesse L. Martin plays a character named Alec Mercer, and he's a behavioral psychologist, and his ex-wife is a, a FBI agent, and he gets brought in a lot to. Um, to consult and help on some of these cases using his, you know, many years of expertise of just uh, the way the way people's brains work and like behavioral psychology, and his kind of story is twenty years prior to this all the, the events of the show, uh, he was involved in a church bombing, um, like one of these black churches were bombed, and he was the only survivor, and he kind of went into behavioral science to help his memory because. He kind of was the only he was the only survivor, and he witnessed somebody was running away, and they they eventually caught and convicted someone. But he knows there was somebody else, and he knows there are a lot of tricks to help. Like memory plays tricks on you, so he started studying memory, and he's trying to jog his memory of that night to help catch this this killer from twenty years prior. So that's kind of his background. But Jesse L. Martin's very charming, and it's. Again, if you like these police procedurals like NCIS or CSI or whatever, I thought this one was uh, a little change of pace. I enjoy it. It's on um, NBC's, I think, on Monday, and then comes on Peacock on Tuesdays. So check it out if you're interested in that kind of thing. Eat the Rich. Yeah, this is the other one. I've seen this, too. You saw it, too. All right, so this is on Netflix. So you want to bring us to this one? Um, Well, so, okay, I remember this happening. It kind of like sent me during the pandemic. Um, where basically people had a lot of time on their hands, so people were doing day trading and things like that. And there's a lot of Reddit uh, threads 
right. for uh, and what was the app? Was Robinhood? Robinhood was yeah. that, that that had just come out during the pandemic, right? Yeah, pretty thing? much. I mean, like it, it it had been around for a bit, but essentially, like, oh, it kind of blew up during the pandemic. I should it, say part of it was because yeah. of this, but uh, basically, people were were on Reddit boards, kind of you know, talking about uh, different things. And now the the movie The Big Short introduced most people to the concept of what a short squeeze is. Right. Um, and essentially, like, you know, when a company a company like bets against stock hitting certain things, well, what uh, a group of people on Reddit realized is that, you know, GameStop, people had bought out a whole bunch of different short squeezes. If they were to get the price of that up, a whole bunch of this would, these uh, things would basically default, which would drive the price up even higher, and they'd make a ton of money. All they needed to do was hold on to the stock. Um, which resulted in the, this GameStop millionaire uh, binge, essentially. A lot of people became millionaires from buying a really cheap stock that was GameStop that had no reason to really do anything, and they are they showed how, like, how rigged that system is. Yeah, and it was a lot of, and you said, like, a lot of people became millionaires. It were people that would, like, like a lot of young kids that were, like, YouTubers or gamers. and Yeah. And it was specifically driven by one YouTuber. He had, like, a bunch of cat videos or something, right? It, it, they made a movie about this. It's out right now, and I think it's um, who plays him the the one from oh. There Will Be Blood. Um, uh, shit, Paul Dano. Paul Dano plays him in the movie. But um, I guess like in the big kind of I guess dramatic thing was in the middle of this. All of a sudden, Robin Hood like they shut off where well, you couldn't buy it. It, it was kind of funny. You could sell you, it, but the buy button disappeared. Which you, yeah, that was the funny thing. Like basically, once. Like normal people figured out the rules and started to play the game. They changed the rules. They try. They change. Like, well, you can't do this to us. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Right. So yeah, like I, it's a fascinating story, and a similar thing happened kind of with AMC stock. They that they tried to do. It got it up a little bit. I don't know that you'll ever see because they put these different control measures in place. Anything like that again? Oh. Um, but it's it's sort of fascinating to see that like people were like yeah let's figure this out let's all band together as a group it really shows the power of people banding together and just deciding we're gonna hold and do do this yeah um yeah it, it was fascinating it's well it's on Netflix it was a three part documentary yeah. I think it, it was very interesting interesting they interviewed a lot of kind of likable people in it too because some of them they were like. They had no idea. They were like, "We just like GameStop. That's what we bought it. And we like buying video games." There was them. one kid. I can't remember if he's in the documentary. If I just read this on this, but there was, there was a kid who got GameStop stock for his birthday. Yeah, it's just because kind of, like, his parents knew he loved GameStop, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna get him some GameStop stock." Yeah, and he's like a, a young little kid, and, and it wound up like I think he made some ridiculous thousands of dollars, and he yeah. was all excited, and he did some stuff for his family with it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend people watching it. Yeah, Helps especially understand with the, especially with the movie out right now, it's yeah. kind of interesting. Well, um, one of one of my heroes is a, uh, a a yelling man from from England by the name of Gordon Ramsay, and he had several different you know shows throughout the years. Kind of broken in the states with Hell's Kitchen, um, but there was one that I used to really love called Kitchen Nightmares, and it's been off the air for I think the better part of ten years now. Um, and it has now returned. There is a new season of Kitchen Nightmares. There's like four episodes, and I've watched all of them. So have I. All right. Um, yeah, it's addictive. Um, it's a great little show. Um, Did you used to watch the old one? I've watched a few episodes. I didn't watch it religiously. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, it's kind of insane that 
people would invest so much. First of all, like I, I don't understand how you can get behind a half a million dollar. I mean, half because a, like, the restaurant business is but, a huge but like, money pit. But how do you, how do you like not close if you're in debt five hundred thousand dollars? Because once you once you have a business or, or they will throw money at you. Banks will throw money to keep the business thriving. That's They'll just, allow you to go into tons of debt. Obviously. Um, now here's, it, it, it's that quicksand speech from the replacements with Keanu Reeves. It's a great speech. <laughs> Quick, quicksand, scary as a mother. <laughs> uh, so the, the thing about the old show is that people would call him in to take a look at their restaurant and tell them you know, why I wasn't doing very well. And then just disagree with everything he said. Most of them, yeah. Um, the old show, he would, he would find things that were kind of not, you know, the, the best. This is every single episode he shut the, the kitchens down in this season. Yeah, it was the last episode, it was an Italian restaurant. And I really didn't expect the kitchen to get shut down because it looked like it was in pretty decent shape. So Gordon started digging and found some pretty bad stuff. The episode you're talking about, we, we promised we'd dive into this a little bit. Um, so it's a restaurant in New Jersey, and it's this... The dad's a cop, if I'm not mistaken. He is. Um, and the wife wanted to, to do a business the family could all run. Her, her son was interested in, in, in helping her out. So her oldest son, who's 22, learned, kind of self-taught himself to do... Uh, to cook. Self-taught, yeah, to cook. Uh, and he does the pizza and everything, and they hired this, uh, this chef who... She fascinates me. Yeah, she, she should have her own show. Um, but she's like an, a, an Italian chef, and they hired her to run. So the kitchen's like split and everything. Um and Gordon comes to see everything, you know, everything. Well, there's – the woman has, what, four boys? Well, she there's, has three grown boys. And, and then there's young, a, there's, two, there's younger kids. So there's five. Are, well, yeah, there are five total kids, but her three are the ones who – that they're supposed to be her and these three older boys. Yeah. So the other two boys um, – What do they do for a living, Greg? The Instagram influences, they, they get up, they we do they, social media. We do, we, we do social media, whatever we want. We get up, you know, I'm gonna go to the mall and then I'm gonna come back home and this is just the way it's Wait, gonna where's be. Where's he gonna go? Go to the mall. <laughs> there is a, a We're part, not exaggerating. This there's is a, there's a part where I think they call him and ask him if he can come to the restaurant. He's like, I'm busy, I'm going to the mall. Let's post yeah, some go, stuff on my social media. Post on social media. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. One of them's got like two two million they, between the two of them they have like three point two million followers. Yeah. For and, and it's inane bullshit. So when they're there, uh, like Gordon's like. However, we we if they want to sponsor the Awesome Village, go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, bring it on. Well, when Gordon shows up, the mom wants to talk to him on this, and she's kind of very emotional about how she didn't know what she was getting into with this, um, and basically, like she tells him about the sons and how like the, the basically the one the oldest son's doing everything at the restaurant. Yeah, while watching it, I turned to my fiance and I'm like, it's amazing how different a person's children can be. Where she's got this one kid. He's 22 years old, who's working six days a week in a family restaurant. He's killing himself do, being a manager, a, a pizza chef, stuff he's never even learned yeah. how to do, and he's stressing <laughs> he, himself out. He's the man of yard. And, and then these two idiots are just running around on social media refusing to help. That, that's the thing. It was originally, they were supposed to, but they come to the restaurant, and they just, they, they dick off. So basically, he even says that, we just call me a bus bulls. And uh, <laughs> I think, the, so before... The, 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 my favorite part was when they they show up to the restaurant and they order some espresso. The restaurant's getting slammed, and Gordon walks in and he's like, "Oh wait, 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 before you say that, what I loved about it before that was the fact that they were like, yeah, he tries to tell us something. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna get, get the fuck out. Like they, basically, they're all they're gonna tell Gordon off, and then yeah, Gordon sees the ticket and he's like, "What's this for?" And he's like, "Oh, it's for the boys." And he's like, "Oh fuck that, we don't have time for that shit." And he pulls their ticket and throws it away, and they're just sitting there like, "The fuck, hey, hey. now I will say this." 
as as preposterous as these guy these kids are, once Gordon laid out exactly how bad the restaurant is, they kind of got their act together. The second he starts talking to them seriously, it they, they change from being badasses to sheep. So like, they're it, like, it, those uh, those shows are very easy watches. Um, well, I know after this one, I mean, there was a bunch of kind of copycat ones like Bar Rescue. And oh, all sh- Robert those. Irvine did like yeah. a. Yeah, I was going to say Robert Irvine did one. It was exactly the same show. Yeah. Um, these are like I he I watched an interview with with him uh, that I found on YouTube that pretty recent from like People Magazine, and he talks about how like you know COVID really disrupted the restaurant industry, so it's kind of a perfect time for this to come back. And he says you always hear about the failures of the people that didn't take the advice and kind of you know I think yeah. of uh, Oceana Grill. That uh, that episode and kind of what's happened since then, but like, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, that industry is a fascinating industry, and when you get involved in it, nine times out of ten, the menu's too big. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to do too much. They haven't kind of figured things out. And when I, he does certain renovations, I'm just like, why did they think that that would look good? There was this one that he did where it's on a, it's in a country club, and he walks, he's like, <laughs> he calls yeah. it a fucking funeral home. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's that very, dude was in, his head was in the sand. I'll, yeah, they're they're really good. I'm not gonna lie, it's very uh very easy to watch. It's on Fox. Yeah, it's on yeah. Fox. You can watch if you have YouTube TV. I just have it record all of them. I thought I had it record, but I was looking in the. Okay, episodes. so I'm glad you said that. So I tried to set it to record because, like Greg was saying, there were ten years apart. It's a completely different kitchen. There's two home. series. Yeah, it's a completely different. It's titled the same, but you can't record it. For, but just searching Kitchen Nightmares, you yeah. need to go to the night that it's on and hit record. For that episode, it's a blue-looking uh, screen. If that's it. Okay. Now, so here's the thing: like the reason Gordon Ramsay is is a hero of mine is because first of all, he's brilliant and he really knows what he's doing. But I've seen his British shows and I've seen his American shows, and his, the 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 flack he gets because I've been watching Hell's Kitchen too. <coughs> you all right, man? <coughs> Just let yep. us know if you're gonna die. I'll try the not one. to. Um, but yeah, like like people don't get, he's really kind of a, a very nice guy. It's just when people decide to have an attitude with him, he yeah. gives it back. Well, I mean, you yeah. could see that if you ever watched the the Master ones with Chef Junior, the ones with the kids. Yeah, <coughs> I mean, he has he has five children. Yeah, there's an old episode of Kitchen Nightmares where, and this will per- the perfect example of of how he's only mean if you're stupid to him. He goes back to ask the the kitchen staff. He's like, "Did you guys serve me anything that was not in the <laughs> microwave?" And one guy's like, the salad. He's like, the salad. You fucking donkey. Of course you didn't microwave the salad. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't uh, watched the original, it's a good time to start. Like Ryan's saying, you don't have to like follow the whole season. However, you might want to because they're very fun. One thing that I used to do for our listeners, I would always, after I'd watch an old one, I'd go and Google if the restaurants are still in business. A lot of them are not. <laughs> well, yeah. If you watch the Amy's Baking Company episode... Oh yeah, yeah. That She's crazy. A, yeah, and and the husband's not much better. They're not they're not around anymore. Um, Ain't well, there no more. Glenn, yes, sir. <laughs> you. Get, oh boy, are are we going to be able to continue the podcast? Um, yeah. So basically, I had whiskey and uh, I took pipe. a sip of it, and it went down the wrong pipe, and it aggravated the food that I had earlier. Hmm. So now I'm kind of like you know. Okay. Well, what, what we got? No, what I was going to say is that. Uh, you then, want me to take over the narration? Well, I mean, you can totally do that. Well, but, uh, while you choke to death? I'm, I'll be fine. Um, you went to go see something that I think is the hot ticket right now. And I don't how, – how many people are going to be uh, kind of upset that they spent thousands of dollars on a ticket when they could have just seen Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour? 
You'd be, I don't know. You'd be surprised. Um, so yeah, me and um, and Sandra, as, as I mentioned before, we were not able to get tickets to the the Eras tour, um, and uh, my wife was very. In fact, is still kind of salty about this. Well, you're you got a, a year to maybe scrounge together a miracle. Yeah, all right. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see. This, holding this, out, holding out for a miracle. Yeah, this but, is going to be an interesting discussion when I start talking about this. So anyway, the Eros. Did tour. you go watch it too? No, I'm just. This was a very interesting idea. Apparently, Taylor Swift's dad came up with this idea to film. Um, you know, she's going through this this Eros tour, and the first leg of the the Ameri- the Nor- North American version of the tour ended at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. That's a massive fucking stadium. It is. So they decided to film it with you know the HD cameras and everything, and. They bypass, and they, they're getting a lot of credit from some pretty influential filmmakers for the way they did this. They bypassed all the studios. They went straight to AMC Theaters to fund this, and AMC Theaters would first have exclusive rights to show this, and there were literally not enough theaters for the demand, so AMC went and lately stood out to these other theater chains. Wow. Is it true it was only out for like four days or something like I mean, it came out on the 13th. It's still in theaters? It's still in theaters. I thought it was like a limited release thing. I mean, I think that was the original intent, but if... It's su- kept selling out. Su- you know, supply and demand. You know, sell me this pen. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about that earlier yeah. today. Hey, why don't you write down your phone number on this napkin? I don't have a pen. Well, there you go, my friend. Supply and demand. I read um, somebody compared it to sort of like, uh, in, in terms of, of why you should see it, like like the, the Hamilton... On, on, yes, on Disney, how that's you, a, that's you're a good able comparison. to see a lot more. Because I mean, they got the cameras right up next to her. They're, you know, I think they use drones for some of them. Uh, you could see the stage design really well. And I mean, this this concert was very unique because um, they kind of. She mentions how she would do a tour for every one of her albums. There was the 1989 tour. There was the Reputation tour. There was whatever tour it was. It was for the the, different, the various albums. Well, during the pandemic, when there was no touring, she came out with like three or four albums. So she's like, I'm not really sure what to do with this. So she decided to do this Eras tour where she goes through each of her albums and the different it's Eras. It's like 40-something songs. Of her. And she puts on, like, she's up there. The, the movie is uh, about three hours, maybe two, two and a half hours or so. But the show, from what I hear, it's... You know, like four, three, four hours. Exactly, and because the movie doesn't show, like, doesn't have, obviously doesn't have the opening acts. It doesn't have the um, encore at the end. And I mean, when she does the wardrobe changes, they're instant on the on on the you know movie. But um, I mean, it's from what I understand, like, and she's up there performing for almost the whole time. I mean, it's some for, people are comparing it to like what Bruce Springsteen used to do, where he would just go out there and play for four or five hours, and then fill the ketchup bottle. Exactly. But um, anyway, so we went and saw the Eras tour at the at the AMC, and we saw it in the biggest screen we could. We went and saw it in the Dolby, and this was a very unique experience for a movie theater because I mean, usually you know, you know, you sit there, you're listening to Nicole Kidman, turn off your phones, you sit there, you quiet, you watch the movie. Well, this one there encouraged you to just act like you're at a show. So I mean, they had moms and their daughters dancing and singing along and clapping and. It, you really feel like you're at one of these shows, and the way, and like Ryan said, like the kind of Hamilton effect, just because of the way they're using the drones and stuff. You get to see the designs of the stage. You get to see the background band and the dancers and stuff. And 
It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I gotta I gotta ask. Yeah, go ahead. Ask. And I know we've we've brought this up before. Yes. I don't. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I, All right, I don't, so why I don't, do you have to get it? I, I don't. I just. I would like to understand. I'm not saying like I get Twilight. I hate it, but I get why people are obsessed with it. I, I understand that. I just don't understand why she, what chord she has struck. All right, so I could. All right, so I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and she rebranded herself like no artist I think has ever really done. Um, and I'm. Just, she's like the. She's the most famous person in the world right now, and I think what happened was. <clears throat> So she was to the point where she was almost a punchline, where it was, you know, she had her fans, but to get to the part where she's helping the economy of these cities, I mean, it's not just the Swifties that are pushing this. I mean, it's a different level where, um, so I think she always had her fans, and but everyone else, everyone's like, oh, who she's dating now? Who's breaking up with her now? Who's in her squad now? Then she did this documentary called Miss Americana, and... It it was really it did very well, but none of that stuff was in there. It was more about her songwriting process and her getting older, and she kind of talked about how you know the songs she would write about when she was younger. Because I mean, she was not a lot of people remember. She was like fifteen when she started doing it. That's right, and not a lot of people remember her playing Family Graw in Gretna on the side of the expressway the year before her big album came out. Um, but anyway, and and you know she started to get involved in like politics and stuff and you really got to see that you know she's growing up and she's not just this this teenager anymore and then the pandemic happened and she put out these three albums back to back and they weren't these pop bubblegum albums they were more like singer-songwriter albums and they're very mature where she cursed a lot in them and stuff and i think she just struck a chord with the with the american or the worldwide public where you know she also does the same thing that Ed Sheeran does, where she works with, she collaborates a lot with other people, she does. and then their fan bases get kind of, kind of right. absorbed in. And, and but the, she's also extremely good with her fans. She is. And one thing that you realize watching this concert movie is all these quote unquote eras. How many genres of music she's oh, hundred percent. Where she she's started, a music nerd she, like Ed Sheeran. She started in country, then she went to pop. She's experimented with rock, and then she did like some singer song or like almost folk music. I mean, she's really experimental with a lot of different genres. Wow. And it's just, it's a very unique experience, especially in a movie theater. And when we left, I like I looked at Sandra, I'm like, well, what do you think about it? And she's like, it, made, it makes me want to go see the live show even more now. So it's, it's a very interesting experience in a movie theater. And, and I hope this... It's doing so well. I hope it actually opens up in like more concert movies. Or and who cares what you like think? Because you think music I'm is not, stupid. I'm Ryan. not saying I, I I have a problem with her. I just I'm trying to understand it. Now there's a chance I might end up at this this concert when it comes here. Nice. Don't, tell, don't tell Sandra. Well, Crystal got tickets with her friends, and there's a chance that they may have. She's trying to find somebody. If she could find a real Swift fan to go, tell call tell her to call my wife. Well, it's not the ticket's not really for her. <laughs> It's with her friends, like the group of them. I got it. So, in any way, there's a chance that I may end up there. I don't know. But anyway, I, I look. I'm not opposed to like. I did not I was a, not a really big Lady Gaga fan until I went to a concert of hers, and I became the biggest Lady Gaga fan after that. So I'm not opposed to stuff I don't get. I mean, she's bleeding into my world. Oh, and the, that's the, the NFL. The Travis Kelsey. <laughs> like the, you don't, Greg. Travis Kelsey. Did you buy his jersey? No, but you can't you buy here. 
His jersey yeah. sales have gone up like 300%. Uh-huh. They put he's, a camera on her at every game she's at. And unfortunately, she's with the Mahomes. Well, she was with uh, she was with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. And then, like, I would rather her be with Ryan Reynolds than Jackson Mahomes, who's currently... There's your title, right? Who's, <laughs> yeah, who's currently under investigation for sexual assault, by the way. He was arrested. and he, But anyway, that's another story. But that dude needs to be put away. But yeah, um, so I'm curious, uh, who at this table is a Swifty? Sure, I, I am. am. Greg's raising his hand like this is a visual fucking uh, No, I am. <laughs> well, I said the words I am too and raised my hand. You put your hand up too, bitch. No, I'm scratching my head. He's I like Taylor Swift's music and I would probably go to the movie theater to see this thing. I cannot justify spending the money that people I would No, I wouldn't concerts. spend a thought so, like So, so, so John's the Eddie Bunker. You know, he was a fail of her early stuff. <laughs> love story. I, I actually <laughs> like her newer stuff <laughs> better. Glenn and I have That's gone to a yeah. Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> Once she got into that, you know... Never getting back together phase, I tuned out. <laughs> so, uh, what would you grade this? As a concert movie, I think I'd probably give this like an eight or a nine. I mean, you really... It's, they don't really make a lot of these anymore. They don't. I mean, I went and saw the, the Scorsese one he did with the Rolling Stones, and that one was interesting. But this is like a different level. Like, the the designs of the stages and the outfits and all the... Well, from what I've heard, her uh, the performances she puts on are like... And, and at the end, they're in the credits. I mean, they show clips from the other shows like the when she's performing in the monsoon and yeah and like john was talking about like he mentioned the the, the cost of these tickets I, i've seen like people on on social media talking about how they had to spend all this money to take there i haven't seen one person say that they regret spending the no. money which is even more insane than the amount of money they're spending it's it it's a it's a fantastic concert film i will tell you that like I, said, it, you, I don't understand it but i want to <laughs> i mean i went karen and i went to the ed sheeran stadium tour thing and the tickets weren't nearly as expensive as these. That was that was a great show. Cool. I don't know what's what's the most show I've ever spent on a concert. Oh God! I'm, as Greg would point out, I'm not the biggest. In, in, yeah, he doesn't like me. He doesn't care for most things. It's not that I, I just. There's very few like John. No, your exact quote is "music is stupid." I was working at Blockbuster trying to piss you off when I said that, but and you did. There's not very many people I I, I, I would ammo. I really want to see that I would like I wouldn't I've never I would have loved to have seen Prince he was one of the ones I would have paid a lot to go see him so I, I kind of can't I've, tell I've you heard that. people comparing this Eras tour to what a, a Prince show would have been like. wow well just because it's kind of the same thing where he had a lot of genres of music yeah, yeah, and yeah. he would go out there and play for a long time I don't remember what we paid for the tickets but I think the most expensive one would be we uh, Karen and I went and saw Paul McCartney a few years ago I was about to say like there, there's concerts that I would pay more for yeah. I can't tell I, I think the most I've ever spent on an individual ticket was probably about a Hundred and fifty, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, there's there's a list I have of people that I really want to see before like I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney's on that list. Yeah, it's a great show. Sir Paul McCartney. So yeah, or Sir Paul McCartney. He's got a future, Greg. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> like I, I mean, there's a lot. But before, even before they stopped touring, you can't see Elton John. Oh uh, yeah, I would say I would love to have seen Elton John. You didn't. Well, we saw him in we Billy Joel's. Like, did you come with us? You when weren't we saw with him us. In, I, no. I, we were. I was. You were with Billy Joel's another one. I'd yeah. like to see. I, we went to the. To we a went Billy to the Billy concert back when I was in college. It was yeah. just Billy Joel. No, I saw yeah. Elton John and Billy Joel together. Before and they before, made a Billy Joel, I think made a comment about how expensive the tickets were. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best concerts I've ever been to though was back in college, and I guess the second band that I'm going to say wasn't as popular then, but it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers and the Foo Fighters opened for them. Oh, wow. Remember when we took Ryan to see Allison Collins? No, that was man. not That's not right. I do. Ryan and I went to a concert at House of Blues. Maroon 5. That was, yeah, Maroon 5. And that was like right when uh, I was About Jane came yeah, out. Yeah, I was telling uh, my sister about that. We'll that never we, experience. Like, that was a really good well, show. Remember when we went and saw Mandy Moore at the House of Blues? I do. And then that, that, she was a lot better than I thought. 
Blessing her like can be. The Veronica's was, was a yeah, good show, too. Yeah, that was too. a fun show. <laughs> the Dan Band. The Dan Band. Band. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, venues are a big factor for yeah. me, too. Sure. Sometimes like I, like an intimate setting. Well, you know, it was really good when we went and saw Live at, uh, at Tulane. Oh, yeah. It's very intimate. Because that was the Tulane auditorium. <laughs> the there was the McAllister auditorium. Yeah. It's a pretty small little venue. And we had pretty good seats, too. We did. They were really good. Yeah. Old Dads. So I saw, I, I'm a fan of Bill Burr's comedy. Um, and I saw he had a new movie that he wrote and directed that came out on Netflix. And it's um, it's kind of one of these movies where, you know, it's him and a couple of his friends. They're just uh, these older guys that are kind of set in their ways. And, you know, there's all the, the, you know, the young people that are, that get offended by everything. And I mean, they do, a, they write some of these characters that are, they don't really exist. People that are—I mean, some of them. Oh, well, I guess some of them probably do exist. That are just ridiculous. But the ones that they they write into this movie are not people you'd find every day. And it's that's the people they're kind of beefing with. And it's got some funny stuff in it. But it's—I wouldn't hugely recommend it to anybody. But I mean, it's if you like Bill Burr, it's on Netflix. Is he trying to do like Archie Bunker kind of thing? Not exactly. I mean, he's like—he's honestly trying to. He, like he starts out and he's got a, a son. He's. He's 50, and he's got a son who's about four, and his wife's about to have another baby. And he starts, he's talking about how he's, you know, he started late in life because, you know, that's kind of when he met the right person. And they're like the, he's like the older dad that's at the school. Okay. And it's like one of these kind of like new age schools, kind of like something from Arrested Development. Got a crocodile in spelling. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> and he gets in the beginning, in the beginning, he gets into it with the, uh, the, the woman that runs the school who's, you know, because he's a few minutes late picking his kid up. And it's and he just they get into some Bill Bill Burr rants as he does, and uh, it just kind of goes on from there. And he's trying to make himself a, a better person without you know just becoming too ridiculous in the process. There's a very funny scene where there's um the it's the it's him and uh, his uh, his two best friends, one of whom is Bokeem Woodbine, and um, uh, I'm trying to remember the other guy's name, but uh, it's Bobby Cannavale is the other one. And they have a guy that like works at this company with them, who's like trying to make sure everything is completely like PC and talking about the things he gets offended with. And Bokeem Woodbine asks him if he likes rap, and he's like, "Of course I do. I like all kind of music." He goes, "Do you sing along to it?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "What's your favorite? What kind of what kind of rap do you like?" And he goes, "Lists all these things." And he lists NWA. And he goes, "NWA." He's like, "When you're singing along to it, do you say all the words?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I mean, no. I, I skip over that word." He goes, "But you really come out of your flow to skip that word." And the guy's like, well, I mean, I, I guess not. He goes, let's put that on right now. And the guy just starts freaking out because every time they, they drop an N-bomb, he doesn't know what to do because, like, am I going to offend them by not saying it or I'm going to offend him by actually saying it? And it was, it was a pretty uh, pretty funny scene. But, I mean, overall, I'd probably give the movie 6.5 maybe. I mean, it's... it's you still it's, recommend it? Yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean, it, it's on Netflix. So, I mean, and if you like Bill Burr, you'll probably like it. But, I mean, it's, you know... If you're 15 minutes in and you're not interested in it, you can turn it off. You know, Bokeem Woodbine, he's 50 years old. Yeah. He looks exactly the same he as does. he did in all really 3,000 Miles of Grace. Yeah. And stuff. yeah. So, Ryan, you uh, you pulled something from the archives and, and watched it. Well, um, it was Hallow- it's Halloween time, and so uh, I do tend to like to find some scary films to watch. And um, I-, I showed my-, my girlfriend The Visit um, by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, which I'm not gonna. It's a good one. Very underrated. She, the the twist in it, like she literally sat up and turned at me like she wanted to slap me in the face because she it freaked her out so much. 
with the twist in the visit. Uh, if you haven't seen the visit, it's on Peacock right now. It's extremely good. It is a. It is. She said, and I, she turns that might have been one of Shyamalan's best. Yeah. Probably after the sixth sense, she said. I can't dispute that. Um, but anyway, the film that I watched that I had never seen, I, I was I happened to see this little special thing they had on the Peacock screen about John Carpenter. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I clicked on it, and I think he's got some kind of new show coming out on Peacock or something. And uh, I was looking at the films that they had. They didn't have many of his movies. The Thing was on there, which is arguably his best, maybe that or Halloween. But one was on there that I'd never seen called Village of the Damned. And I was drawn to that because it actually came out... I might have just started working at the movie theater um, at the time. I don't remember. I know it, it was very early on in my theater working days. So it, it kind of had a you know, little memory clicked on me and I was like oh, I needed to see this so I go to put it on so you watched the 1995 version I did okay and so many like I'll start with the good I did not know Christopher Reeve was in it and I was so happy to see him like I, I only ever seen him in he did that uh, I mean Superman obviously but he did that uh Oh, uh, uh, off, I think. Is the, is the, and he did the remake of uh, Rear Window. <clears throat> oh, really? Christopher Reeve? Yeah, when he was paralyzed. I don't remember that. Yeah. I never saw that. Um, but anyway, uh, so it was just so great to see him healthy. And I, I did not know he was going to be in this movie, and he's the main character. And also, Mark Hamill is in the movie. Oh. And I wasn't expecting that. That man's and, a national and treasure. And Kirstie Alley is in the film. It's like all these people, it was just, it was, the cast was delightful. But then the film started. So basically, the story of this film—I don't know if you guys know anything about this story—but about but a village that's damned. Oh, it's yeah, it's damned. And there's a bunch of children in it that are really creepy. It's a, and it's a remake of a of a monster the, movie from the sixties. Yeah. So one day in this town—I don't remember the name of it—but uh, at like basically the outskirts of the town, everybody who's within the town literally just passes out one day. And Christopher Reeve had to go out of town to do something. So as he's on his way back, they've cornered off the area. And the police are trying to figure out why anyone who enters the city just passes out. So, like, they actually put a guy in, like, this hazmat suit, and he walks past the perimeter, and he fucking passes out, too. And they drag him back, and then all of a sudden, as they're, you know, trying to revive this guy, everybody just wakes up. And it's like, what the fuck's going on? And then, turns out, all the women who are in the town are pregnant. They all have woken up pregnant now. And about... A half a dozen of these little fuckers get birthed nine months later. Get birthed. And uh, there is a weird, like, government conspiracy involving Kirstie Alley's character. and Scientology. No, not Scientology. <laughs> um, where to, where she knows either. possibly what where these kids, what, what's caused these they're, kids they're to be. They're called Thetans. No, they're not Thetans. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, look, I'll put it to you this way. The first half of the film, it's an hour and a half long. The first hour, I was pretty into the film, mainly because I was just so happy to see Christopher Reeve. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's just great to see him. I I, I it was just I, I wasn't expecting it, and it was just nice to see him healthy and acting, doing what he, he was always so great at. And uh, the the movie itself sucks ass. Um, the end is pretty terrible. I couldn't like this is I, I, this is not John Carpenter. Have you seen the original one, the sixth one from the sixties? No, okay, but uh. I would probably give this movie about a four. Um, again, it, it's worth watching if, for the first like thirty to forty-five minutes of it just to see these actors. Um, but uh, the film itself is not very good, um, so there's that. Well, 
I can make it up to you because you should fire up Netflix. But last night I watched a documentary called uh, Varen Tomic, The Spider-Man of Paris. I saw the logo for this, and I didn't know what it was. I couldn't well, tell if so it was I, a movie. I saw the thing, and I was like, this is kind of weird. And, and I let the trailer play, and I'm like, this seems kind of fascinating. So uh, there was a robbery of the Paris Museum of National Art about a, you know, a little over a decade ago. And five works of art were stolen. Um, this movie follows the guy that committed the robbery. Um, and he's kind of fascinating. He was a guy who grew up in, in, uh, in Paris, got uh, sent away to live with uh, some family in, uh, in another part of Europe, and then eventually came back. His parents were kind of terrible, had a very bad childhood. He joins the French military, learns how to climb. When he gets back, there's not a lot for him to be able to do, so he's, you know, he was a pretty good thief. So he starts deciding to, uh, to steal from people, and how he would do it is he would scale buildings. Why am I thinking of entrapment? <laughs> That's what cops would have <laughs> you. You're coming. <laughs> um, but what he would do is, like, literally he would grab the, the, the in-between the bricks and cl- climb up with no aid. Oh, like Jason Bourne. Bas- yeah, basically to the tops of these, these buildings. And he, what he kind of discovered is that, um, first of all, he was very hard to detect running across rooftops basically parkouring from building to building, but that people tended to, if they were on the top floors, not really lock their windows or there were little, like not many security measures, and he would go in, steal, and fence the stuff. Um, well, he kind of got a reputation, and at one point he had gotten caught you know, uh, and, and sent to, to jail for a little bit, um, but they started calling him the Spider-Man of Paris because of how he would do all this stuff. Well, <clears throat> there was one particular thing where there was a guy who used to basically fence all the stuff for me. He's like, well, look, there's works of art. He's like, I became interested in art um, just because painting was something I hadn't really had access to, and all this stuff was very beautiful. Um, and the guy basically told him, look, if you can steal paintings from this list, I'll give you 50,000 euros for each one you can steal. And he had a plan. He's like, I could take a certain amount of money, I could buy a, a sailboat, and I can just leave, and I can go sail and live the rest of my life, you know, on, and this will be my way out. So he starts casing the museum, and he figures out a pretty ingenious way of kind of getting into it and steals these paintings, and then there's the aftermath. Um, And I'm not going to get into too many details about what happens. It's about an hour and a half. Um, But it's really fascinating to see, like, the the police work, how kind of brilliant he is. Um, Okay, maybe you mentioned this, but, like, like, what year is this? It's early 2000, like, Early two, like maybe two thousand five, two thousand six, if I remember. Oh, so correctly. it's a while ago. Yeah, like I mean, you're you're talking to him like in the present. Huh. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this. Yeah, but it, it's really good. It is in French. You, it, with subtitles. Ah, you shit. You couldn't change you the read. language. But uh, it's it's that it's really interesting. I think you really get a kick out of it. What would you give it? Um, I would probably give it for the type of movie that it is. Probably a seven and a half. Definitely worth watching. It kept my interest in. Uh, and what would you give Village of the Damned? Don't think you gave it. It's a four. four and a half. You give it a four and a half. Four, 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 but now the main event. Oh boy, I can't wait! Killers of the Flower Moon. I was invited to this, as was Ryan. Um, I couldn't well, make. Why it. did you turn it down? No, uh, well, I had my injury and I had a lot of stuff going on, and I just was kind of like, I'm going to take it easy. I mean, I had childcare problems, but the, the the runtime made me not want to like. Try if I, if I had known that, center. that probably would have been a factor as well, because I had a, had a class well, to teach the next day. We went and saw it. First, mm-hmm. tell, tell your popcorn story. That was funny. Ooh, popcorn story. My popcorn story. What was well, the popcorn? The, you bought. You, Oh, we we yeah, went out yeah, we, we, we went out to lunch so, and and I picked up the tab and I said just buy the popcorn yeah. at the theater. So I go to the theater, and uh, I go into the the concession stand and I tell the guy, 
This guy's like completely deadpan. It's working. I'm the only one there. It was, it was, it was the theater was kind of dead. So I got up there and I was like, all right, I need two number one combos and I also got some peanut M&Ms. Okay, so, so, that's, that's, so for, I, I don't work there and I know that means two large popcorns, two large drinks, and a peanut M&M. Yeah. There you go. And the guy said, your total's $21 and some change. Seems right. No, no. that does not seem right. The Wait, number one combo is like 12. 17 bucks. Oh, mother of God. It's really expensive, right? So so I was like, that's not, I was like, you got two of them? And he's like, yep. I was like, <clears throat> I was like, but that's not the right amount of money. He goes, no, that's right. And I was like, uh, I was like, you got two number one combos that say they're seventeen ninety nine each in there, and the peanut M&Ms. And he's like, "Yep." And I was like, "All okay. right, what's going on?" And then all of a sudden, he just like pauses for a second and he leans in and he goes, "Maybe it's somebody's birthday month and they got a free combo." And I was, I was like, "It is my birthday month." And he's like, and he just kind of and he just kind of like stared at me and turned around and went and got the popcorn. And like, did not did not smile, nothing. Like, that's it, amazing it wasn't like it was like it was like it wasn't like he was waiting for me to realize so he could be like happy birthday no. <laughs> so <laughs> oh yeah. god I forgot until you just brought up my friend that even yeah. oh because we, we were at the theater for four more hours after that's that. right Jesus. Yeah. But I, I remember that. I told yeah. Sandra that story. Cause so, I Glenn, I got to know. Yes. What, what's easier, uh, doing the Oscar showcase or watching this movie? They're, well, it's two different animals. Um, this wasn't, I mean, I didn't think. I was, right, going so, into it expecting it to be this long, I, it, I wasn't. Right, I wasn't let, me, let, me, let, me, let me make a quick little statement. Yeah. There, there are films that are long, but if they're done well, you don't realize it. Well, like, because yeah. we, we even mentioned Wolf of Wall Street. That's a long movie. But, like, The what Irishman. You felt it. It's a good movie. Great film. But you felt the length because it was slow at times. So that's my question. This is more Wolf of Wall Street well, or are we, are we talking Irish? A, li- a little bit of both, honestly. A little bit of both. Because, I mean, we got no, to almost... I will say, the first hour flew by. Yeah. And did. then it stopped flying by. And then it stopped flying by. <laughs> but and anyway, honestly, I'll let you go. And, yeah. the, and the, my biggest problem with it, we'll get into the, the story and everything. My biggest problem with it is Martin Scorsese's got his whole big thing about, you know, they got to be in the big screen, all that stuff. This is made by Apple Studios. This should have been a, a two or three part miniseries. It should. It just should have been. It would have been fine. Is that it wouldn't have bothered me at all. I mean, I can see why they put it in theaters just because some, some of the scoping like shots of yeah. Osage County. But anyway, bring, bring is, us is there the, any way you can tell me what this is about? Because it's a very it's, it's a, a very interesting it's a very story. interesting story. and it's like very surprising that not a lot of people know about this because it, it was it's crazy. So and it's a true story. It's based off of a book. Yeah. So, um, so in Osage County, there's the Osage uh, Native American tribe. They, at one point, were the wealthiest group of people in the entire world because they had so much oil land. And, and the and the movie said so this isn't a spoiler because the movie starts with this. Yeah. Where they had moved from what was it Florida to Arkansas? They got moved, driven off their land in Florida. Yeah. Went to Arkansas, driven off their land in Arkansas. Ended in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and they just decided, look, we're not moving anymore. We're just going to acclimate. And the movie opens with, like, the tribe elders, I guess, yeah. almost in tears, saying our, t- our kids are going to get taught by white men. They're going to be Christians because we can't move. Because every time they move, we more of us die. We need to stay here and just acclimate. Yeah. So and they the- go to bury this peace pipe. And as they're burying the peace pipe, when they're digging up to bury it, the oil shoots up. Cut to what John like just said. Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. So they do call it black gold, but no one mentions Texas, Texas tea. tea. Yeah. So okay. um, does this jump around in like timeline, time no, frame? Really? When, it takes when, it when takes it place take? right after World War One. So the, the, 20, the 30s, 20, 30s, 30s, 30s. Who's, 20s. who's the, they go see the president? It was um, Calvin was Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Early twenties. Yeah. So, okay, so all of, the, 
Just all, tell you all, all that these, uh, all of these members of the uh, the Osage Nation have all of this money all of a sudden, and they're all rich, and they've all got like white butlers and dr- chauffeurs and all this stuff. But for some reason, this they, is a true story. Yeah. It's a true story. It's crazy. This is and, very interesting stuff. And they had most of them declared incompetent to where they had to have a what do they what do they call them a. Sh- not a chaperone. Um, they, they just call them guardians. Guardians. I mean. Their guardian had to give approval for a lot of stuff. So all these white men were getting declared their Like, there, there are scenes where they go to the bank, and they literally, it's their money, and they have to tell the people at the bank what they want to use the money for and, and like, pretty much apply for, like, an allowance. Almost. So, like, they're child actors. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, and, they're Culkins. And there's a lot of stuff going on. All of a sudden, all these... These people just start getting murdered, like one by one, and no one's doing any investigations or anything. Native Americans. The Native Americans. And some of them are dropping that they just call it the sitting disease. Yeah, well, the, the wasting disease. The wasting, yeah. Which yeah. I looked it up, and that's one of the like they used to call that what consumption was yeah. tuberculosis. Sitting or wasting disease was diabetes. Yeah. Um, and so there's all these different murders that are going on, and they're just not even investigating any of these things. And I mean, it was. And this is there's like a little montage in the very beginning. I mean, there's this one woman who looks like she's like 22 years old outside with her baby, and some guy just walks up to her and just shoots her and puts the gun in her hand. And they're like, "Oh, it's a suicide." Like and shoots then, her in the in the front of her chest. Yeah, yeah, in the front of her chest. Yeah. Um. And apparently, a lot of these people had it set up to where if they didn't have any next of kin with this, all of their rights went to the guardians. So. There's just all these, okay. all this stuff going on, and and the guard yeah, would inherit the land with the oil. Would inherit the land with the oil. So, Leonardo DiCaprio's character uh, is this guy that comes back from World War One, and he goes to live with his uncle, who the, um, they just call him the king, right? They call him the king, but it, they, he was a, a that's a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and he's kind of like the friend of the Osage. You know, he's always there. He's like a politician, but he's really like a w- William Hale was William his name. Hale, and um, and they all called him King. Everybody called him King. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character got there back from the war and went to go live with his uncle in, the, in like in the big mansion. And he, his brother was there as well, and they were doing work for him. And they were getting jobs doing like chauffeur yeah, stuff. Yeah, because they kind of set it up where he got. It sounded like he had a hernia in the yeah. war, right? Because he he just my gut exploded. Yeah, that's what they, he said. My gut exploded, and I got a special belt. I got to wear. And I can't lift anything. You can't lift anything heavy. So yeah, it's not like you got a hernia. Um, and he just kind of meets this woman who's. She's got what did she have like like four or five sisters and her mother. Yes. And um and she's got she's diabetic, but you know he he just kind of meets her and he kind of genuinely falls in love with her. But the, you know the uncle's saying you need to get with her because you know her family's got all of this money and then they get together and one by one people members of the family start dying off. And I don't want to get too much into it because I mean it is it's a very interesting story. It is. Um. And I thought it was very well done, um, and I liked it. It was just a such a crazy story for I, I knew nothing about this. I've never heard anything about mm-hmm. this in any kind of history class, anything. It's a very interesting, and I'm glad that yeah. I, I learned about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very interesting story. Um, I wanted to love this movie so much, and I liked it very much, but I didn't didn't quite get to the I love this movie. Part, the so. only the only thing that knocked it down for me was the length. It was just it was the length it was and, too long. and and I talked to John about it. He didn't really, it didn't really distract him as much as it did me. Um, first off, I want to say the standout in this movie is Lily Gladstone. Yeah. She's the one that plays DiCaprio's wife. Yeah. She's fantastic. And when you have scenes with Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio and you're the one everyone's talking about, that's something special. Yeah. 
Um, De Niro, I thought he was great. DiCaprio kind of distracted me a little. And eventually, I got used to... All right, so he he plays this character named uh, Ernest that comes back from the war. And he kind of has the sling blade kind of way of talking. He talks kind of slow. And he's kind of a simple-minded guy. And it's just, it seemed to me like he was putting on a character. It just seemed unnatural, yeah. if that makes sense. Should they, have, they recast him as with Ryan? And then, the, um, Jane voice? I wouldn't even say that he's necessarily simple-minded, but he's just, he's, he's not, not smart. He's not as smart as he thinks he is. Yeah. But then again, like, Leonardo DiCaprio played someone in Django Unchained that's kind of not as smart as he thinks it is, and it didn't. It didn't distract me. As well, much. yeah, I don't know. It was a very different kind of character. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, this guy's not an evil slave owner. I mean, he yeah. just kind of—he's kind of a dummy yeah. that comes from you know. And but it's—it was more the way that he talked, and you know, he's got the fake teeth and everything, and it just—it seemed very like it was a character. Whereas like Lily Gladstone and De Niro, it seemed more natural the way that they were delivering their stuff. Okay. And again, again, it's just—it's not. Over, like, I wouldn't ding it too much. I'm kind of nitpicking, but it just sort of, like, that distracted me for a little while. Probably because you were there for so fucking it long. It didn't distract me. And I kind of liked that Leonardo DiCaprio was actually playing a character that he's never played that type of character before. And and I guess, and the other kind of character that, I don't, know, I don't want to get into too much, but um, I thought there was one guy that kind of overacted a little. He's an Oscar winner, but I, I won't get into that too much. De Niro? No, um. I'll just say it's it's Brendan Fraser. I thought he overacted a lot. Oh yeah, he's he's not actually in it much, he's, and he's he's in the uh, the final quarter of the yeah. movie. I'd say, yeah, which probably would be uh, the regular length of a normal yeah. movie. I forgot he does like show up for a split second in the trailer. Yeah, but um, and I will say one thing because I've mentioned this actor a lot. Jesse Plemons is in this. He's in the trailer. Is he playing somebody other than Jesse Plemons? He is, and I thought he he has a specific scene in a jail cell where he really impressed me. Yeah. The way that it was very understated what he he had to deliver some news to a character and it was very kind of touching. Yeah. And he he I I I've always questioned like I said, he might be a good actor, he might not be. He always plays the character from Breaking Bad. He wasn't in this. And, and he was he was likable. He like, was very likable and and I thought his character that would be a whole interesting movie on its own because it's kind of the birth of the FBI, which is yeah. what the books about. And what I read that actual that character is an actual real that yeah. was a real person. Yeah. So again, it's it's interesting. I get I would probably shoot shoot your shot. I'm going to give it an 8. Really? Yeah. After all that, you give it an 8. I thought it was. Just, I thought it was mm. very. Other than the length, I thought it was great. I'm gonna if give. It, if it wasn't for the length, I might give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a a, a six point nine. I, I I like this a lot. I wanted to love it. I didn't love it, but I still. It's still a very good movie. I can appreciate you giving it a sixty nine. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, I want to say something to Martin Scorsese. All right, because well, he, and, and it's a, and it's not just him, by the way. There's a lot of these auteur filmmakers that no, and I I, make, I I don't like how he made a statement. Where he said something like, oh, you'll sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix for like six hours, whatever. It, there's a difference because it's a it, to get to the movie theater, conservatively, it takes you 15 minutes to drive to a movie theater. So to and back, that's 30 minutes. Now you got 30 to 40 minutes of trailers you got to sit through. And Nicole Kidman. So we're already at, we're, we're, we're broaching <laughs> two hours. Comes to AMC theaters. We're, we're already approaching two hours of time and the movie hasn't started yet. So you're talking like five, six hours of your day when you make a three and a half hour fucking movie that you got to figure out a way. Like, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah. 
It is. And I mean, when you're watching that much Netflix at home, I mean, you, you can pause. pause it to go to the bathroom. You can leave it playing and walk into your kitchen and get yourself a snack or a drink. And if something comes up, you can just stop it. Well, then, and, and I will say, like, long movies have been around since they've been making movies. And I remember in high school going to see Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Oh, God. And remember in Hamlet, there was an intermission. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And where you got to go up, get a new popcorn, use the bathroom. And I would stuff. almost appreciate if he actually did that. And said, you know what? I'm making a long movie. Fuck it. Take a break. Everybody go get something. No, that you should see. That you should see. Didn't Titanic have an intermission? No, it, no, it didn't. Something at Bell had an intermission. Mm. When worked there. And I can't remember what it was. It was, oh. it was Halloween. No, what was no what what, what, <laughs> what was that Civil War movie? Was it Gods and Generals? It, oh, that, yeah. it was that. Yeah. Cut it. Cut it. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know if I'm going to get to the theater to see this. I, I mean, it's I an, don't it's, know if I can block out. It's it's, a, it's an it's an Apple original film, so like, it's going to be on Apple Plus. Apple like soon. like what is that? Like a fifth of my day, I got to block out to go see this fucking movie. I don't know if I can do it. Did, did, was there a special killer to the Flower Moon popcorn bucket that he? <laughs> yeah, it was, although it was funny, at one point, John left to go to the to the, to the restroom, and when he came back, he said. So all the the, the doors of the, the the different theaters are open, and when I walked out, all you hear is Taylor Swift movie bl- music blasting. It was across the hall from this, <laughs> and I mean, like as soon as I stood up from my seat, I could hear Taylor Swift in, in the in this movie. There and you go. I was not a fan of that. So, uh, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we have to remember someone who passed away. This one. Uh, we always make jokes in, in the Rocky franchise about Burt Young's performance as Pauly. Um, but you, glad you, you said it, and it, it struck me. There's, uh, there's his performance in, in as Back the, to School. Back to School. He, oh, he, yeah. yeah. He was he was um, Rodney Dangerfield's chauffeur. He was really good in Back to School. He was kind of, and then he was in a, um, he kind of had a little arc on The Sopranos, remember? He was mm-hmm. coughing a lot. That was awesome when he, Old Man Bacala. Yeah. But look, like, I, I like to fuck with you guys about Rocky Four, but Pauly's speech to Rocky yeah. before he goes out to fight Drago is oh, that if I can unzip myself. That almost—it's a tearjerker. It's almost the culmination of the entire Rocky saga for Pauly's character because Pauly's always been an asshole. He doesn't—he doesn't, he doesn't ruining him financially. You know. He's a, well. That's don't fucking go into that. But like that moment was just it was the robot's fault. It was just so great. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you're a fan of film, I mean, he was back in he was in Chinatown with Jack Nicholson back in the day. But, I, mean, I don't remember that. Yeah, I need to rewatch that movie. That that's on a streaming service right now. Yeah, but um, he, he always reminded me of someone uh, that looks like he should be wearing a fishing hat and sitting in a boat. I could see that. I feel like he's a lost character from The Godfather. I could see that too, but um, I mean, he, he was such like a could have could have auditioned for Clemenza. <laughs> I could see that he was such a memorable character actor though, and. You know, it, it's sad that he's gone. Yeah. yeah, very distinct presence. He will be missed. Ice is stupid. People who are on ice are more stupid. Uh, and now it is time to nominate this week's Austin awesome Village, gentlemen. Who are your nominees and why? Well, um, I was thinking about this, and I almost—I mean, I almost made a pick that would have been illegal because we, we said we can't make picks for people who have passed away. But I have make your case. Well, I haven't seen very much. So the person who really like got me so excited was Christopher Reeve. Seeing him in Village of the Damned, but I won't nominate him. Well, no, no, no. That's not the rule. The rule, though, is we're not nominating someone just because they passed away this week or something. Yeah. Right. Because okay. I nominated Ray Stevenson. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, well then I'm I'm gonna nominate Christopher Reeve. And he appeared yeah. in the Flash. It's a we can, we're not nominating. <laughs> oh, oh God. We're, we're not nominating them just because they died. No, I, I'm nominating him because like it was it was a really I don't want to like sound like a fucking loser, but like it was just so I, I felt like a fanboy for like a split second. It was like Superman was alive again for me when I put that movie on. I didn't know any of the cast, and when the credits started, I was like. Christopher Reeve, I was like, he must have a small role. And when I see him walking and he's all happy and healthy, I'm like, holy shit, this was... And I looked it up. I think he did one other film right before his accident. So it was like, I wasn't expecting it. And even though the movie was shit, and it was shit, but he was great in it. And I always thought he was a fantastic actor. And if you ever get a chance, Google Christopher Reeve talking about Marlon Brando on the David Letterman show. It is fucking wasn't awesome. he a college roommate of robin williams yeah i did hear that but look up the video of him okay. talking about marlon brando and david letterman it's fucking awesome because he calls out marlon brando for his like negativity and his bullshit like during the superman movie where he was just like oh yeah not really involved and christopher reeve was like i don't worship at the feet of this man because like he could be leading another generation of actors but he just doesn't give a shit he was saying this live on David Letterman. It was I'm fucking awesome. I'm going to look around for my lines. They're up here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and go with Christopher Reeve. I'm going to nominate Taylor Swift. Um, oh. I know. So, again, um, we went and saw the concert film. I thought it was very unique. It was very cool. Wondering how like how they bypassed the studios and kind of did it on their own. I thought that was very cool. Um, and, again, I kind of mentioned earlier how she reinvented kind of her career. And I, you got to... You don't. I mean, art is subjective. You may not like her her music, but you have to respect the shows she puts on when you see her perform in a freaking hurricane, and still she's out there in the being drenched, still playing the piano, having fun, and just seeing the effect she has on families. You know, they're all dancing and singing. The moms, the daughters, the everybody, and it's just a lot of fun. And you know, she's every state that there's the Eras Tour bump of the economy of all the the states that she she visits, and now like. People, like more people are exposed to NFL games and never would have watched it before and just because of her and I don't know I just respect her as an artist I think her music's really catchy and I'm going with uh, with, with Tay Tay right. I'm going to nominate Lily Gladstone um, Kills the Flower Moon I mean she's that performance was pretty incredible I mean she's she's got quite a bit of range because there's scenes where you know she's she is happy in some scenes but then there's she's she's very sick and she's getting kind of drugged with some of these experimental drugs that they had back then for uh, for her diabetes. And then also, like, every time she turns around, one of her family members is getting mysteriously murdered. So there's a lot of, like, emotion in there. And I was just, it was just a very impressive performance. And I've never heard of her before. I did look her up. She's been in a few things. Apparently, Greg, you, she, she was in six episodes of Billions. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she was. Okay. And, uh, and she was apparently in Reservation Dogs, which I've seen the first few episodes. And that is actually a very funny show. Um, well, I'm going to nominate Chef Gordon Ramsay. I think it's his time. Uh, for all the reasons we talked about earlier, uh, I am very excited. I'm, I'm actually going to perform a wedding in Las Vegas in April, uh, dressed as Elvis. Um, and which, which of his restaurants are you going to go to? What the fuck is he talking about? My, my friend Justin and my friend Hannah are getting married. They asked if I would perform the ceremony, and they're going to Vegas for the weekend. They want me to go, and they want me to dress as Elvis and perform the ceremony. What the fuck is he talking about? But he's got I, I don't know how you to know explain what, it. You know what I would call that? A suspicious mind. <laughs> we can't go on. <laughs> oh, 
rock and roll. So Greg is Elvis. There are two things that I have on my agenda for this trip that Heather and I have already talked about. One is finally trying. You're not gonna rob a casino, are you? That too. Um, one is trying in and out burger the for back. the first time. Yeah. Oh, you never I've Holy never shit. had in and out burger. And yes. then the second thing is we are going to go to Gordon Ramsay's state probably. Maybe Hell's Kitchen. Uh, the, yeah, her, they the, were never open when we were in Vegas. Um, we, we, we went to the pub. Yeah, we're, we're going to do. We're going to go I've where there's they're, they're Wellington. I'm going to have my Wellington finally. Hey, I'm so happy for you. There's a video I watched the other day. You know those videos where it's people making beef Wellingtons and yes. he, he's watching. Oh the yeah, the guy in the dorm room. In the, in the dorm room. That's insane. Well, I mean, but that's another example too of why he's so awesome. Like him rating these food videos, just how quickly and how funny he does it, and like his genuine pal. Like he's a really great dude. All the places he goes to, like he'll he'll try to contribute to the local community. Mm-hmm. Whenever they invite people for the relaunches at these hell these uh. Kitchen Nightmares thinks he invites the community, like the mayor and everything, to get these people, you know, pumped and, and really tries to change these businesses around. I think he's an amazing person, and uh, that's why he's my nominee. So, if you have to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? Gordon Ramsay. I would. Uh, I was on the fence, um, believe it or not, with Taylor Swift, but I, I would also have to go with Gordon Ramsay. I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. I was going to go with Lily Gladstone. Gordon to hang out with us. Please. Mm-hmm. Come call me an idiot sandwich. I'm fine with it. And when you come, if you could show us how to cook something, I'd really like that too. Well, if he come, hopefully he cooks for us. Well, I mean. No, we're not going to do that to him. No, we, you know, I might <laughs> ask him for advice. That's the thing. Like, I, I, Because all four of us can make a beef wellington, he can tell us all how shit we are. You know, for, uh, for Thanksgiving. T- just touch it. <laughs> for Thanksgiving at his restaurants, he does a, a turkey wellington. Oh, which is kind of cool. Nice. All right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Please, please, please come hang out with us. That's, please come up. I like this. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, remember, there are many formats on which to find us. You can listen to us on a host of platforms, and you can follow us on the social medias. That's right. You can follow us at The Awesome Village Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X, and you can watch our videos on TikTok. And if you watch our videos, please maybe maybe subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe share. share, comment. We share. Yeah, send let's, us a middle finger. Let's grow this community. Yeah, let you us know. Tell us how, how much you think we suck. Yeah, if you want to come sit in on a, engage, on a show, and, engage in a conversation. Yeah, we, we yeah. love debate. If you're curious what what I look like, I'm, I'm on TikTok a lot talking about. It. I, I do these uh, individual like out of the theater reaction videos. So go for it. If you're curious what Ryan looks like, he's Thin Diesel. No, not anymore. I got I got to get on. <laughs> I got I got to work on that. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been an exciting week. We'll see you on the next one. This has been Greg. Ryan. John. Glenn. See you out there.